Welcome to the Sanity Project Podcast, where you can awaken your mind to clarity and success even in today's life challenges. We're here to provide insights and solutions that will help you live a sane, healthy, and prosperous life. Here's your host, Joanne Victoria. Hi, this is Joanne Victoria with another episode of the Sanity Project Podcast. You are here to discover a life of clarity, confidence, and success. That's the only reason why you're here. And if you want to have it, you're going to have that success with Lolly Daskal. Lolly Daskal is the author of The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. It is available everywhere, including Amazon, as well as her website, lollygaskell.com. That's L-O-L-L-Y-D-A-S-K-A-L. Lolly Daskal is one of the most sought-after executive leadership coaches in the world. Her extensive cross-cultural expertise spans 14 countries, six languages, and hundreds of companies. As a founder and CEO of Lead From Within, her proprietary leadership program is engineered to be a catalyst for leaders who want to enhance performance and make a meaningful difference in their companies, their lives, and the world. Based on a mix of modern philosophy, science, and nearly 30 years coaching top executives, Lolly's perspective on leadership continues to break new ground and produce exceptional results. Lolly has appeared everywhere. She's got blogs on her website, and she's appeared at Fast Company, Huffington Post, Psychology Today. She's all over, and I'm grateful for that. Welcome to the show, Lolly Daskal. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Uh, I think it's my honor, too. So we'll share that, Joy. And uh, I know that you'll be talking about the principles of what gets between our gaps and greatness, because that's who you are. But tell the audience, what was your path here? I know it's been 30 years that you've been doing this, but what did you do before the 30 years started to get you to this place today? I feel this is about myself more than anything about um, maybe it's a, you know what? It's my story. I think we end up teaching what we most need to learn. And that is true for me. I didn't wake up one day and decide I was going to be a coach. I was going to be an executive leadership coach or a consultant to organizations. I went on a path to find myself. And I, when I was on that path, I realized that I was asking the wrong questions. Oh, I was finding myself in the wrong rooms, not the physical rooms, but the emotional and the mental wrong rooms. And then I decided if I'm going to figure this out, if I'm going to be successful, then I have to really study this in order to get to understand myself. And when you understand yourself, that is the only time that you could really help others. And that's how it started. It started with an inward journey to myself. Well, I think most truly successful people have a similar path. Uh, The outside is easy to pick up. Everybody writes about it, as you said before we started recording, you know, give me the top 10 of how to be a great leader. And there's only a top one truthfully, and people have to learn about themselves. So how do you help leaders who've been around a while and who've been at it and think they know what they're doing? How do you get them to go inside? Most leaders kick and scream because the last thing they want to do is go inward. You know, my company's called Lead From Within for a reason. 
because I found in my journey that if I didn't have a strong foundation, anything that came afterwards would be weak. And so usually, by the way, I don't get hired by leaders. I get hired by those either they lead or the board of directors or HR, and they say, you need to help our leader. No leader says, I need to, or no leader says, oh, I could do better. Most of the time, they think they're great, and they don't realize that when they get stressed, when times are challenging, they go into their gaps, which is their default, and ends up costing them in their success. That's when I usually get the phone call, Lolly, come and rescue the CEO, because if he doesn't get it together, he's out. And so in order for a CEO to say, okay, I want to work with Lolly, they always say to me, and this is hundreds and hundreds of times, it always goes the same way. They go, so you're going to tell me how to do this? Then I'll, and I go, no, that's not our relationship. I'm going to teach you all about who, who you are, and then you're going to tell me how you're going to do this. And it sounds intriguing, intriguing, and they usually give me a chance. I re, you said that, and a synapse connected in my head because I remember when I was, um, I used to work in alternative healthcare centers and set them up. Actually, I created them and made them successful, and had them purchased by larger companies. And this one center that people wanted to acquire said, the guy needs help. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's good as a doctor, but as a human being, he sucks big time. So I went in for my initial meeting with him. He said, so what are you going to do for me? I said, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I said, you're going to do all the work. So I think people who know me know why you are a guest on this show. (laughs) We think alike. (laughs) We think alike. So tell me, tell our audience and myself as well, what about the gaps between the gaps uh, and greatness? How do you get the people out of that space where they're, you know, it's like walking down a street, one foot is on the curb and the other foot is in the street. And then they, they're so stuck in that downward step that they dig a bigger hole every time they walk it and they're stuck there and they don't know how to get out. How do you help them get out? So what I've done is I've created a model. I've created seven archetypes that if we want to be in our greatness, then we have to embrace all seven of them. If you're not embracing any one of them, and we'll talk about, maybe I'll pick two out of the seven so we get an idea of what it is. If we don't embrace our greatness, trust me, you are leading from your gaps. And the first person to know you're leading from your gaps are are those that you're leading. Because the truth is, if you don't own who, you know, the parts about yourself that are the gaps, it ends up owning you. And you can't identify it. It's almost like leading from a blind spot. And so I have found by creating this model, and I've been doing this for, as you said, almost, it's a little bit more than three decades. It's a very easy model to identify within yourself so that you can act, you can be your own coach you can lead yourself you you know you can purchase my book and use it as a platform to help you but you don't really need me if you say to yourself if you ask yourself the right questions so let's just go through things at a very high level and then we'll pick one or two to explain how this works okay so within within all of us we have a paradigm shift we have this one that wants to do well right? And wants to do great and wants to succeed. But life happens. 
you know, a crisis happens, a challenge happens, and we get really stressed out and we can't stay in the zone. We can't stay in the flow. And what I've identified is these are the seven. We each have to be the rebel, the explorer, the truth teller, the hero, the inventor, the navigator, and the knight. So let's just take one of them for a second. The rebel. The rebel is an individual that is very confident in what they do. They know their strengths and they go after things with a vengeance. But when we get stressed, when we are put in a position that we've never been in before, the paradigm that happens within us, the gap that happens within us is the imposter. The imposter self-doubt. They start to say to themselves, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm smart enough. And when we stay in that gap, it ends up costing us our greatness. And if we don't know how to leverage that gap, we can't be the rebel. We can't be that confident person that we need to succeed. I'll stay here for a second. I want to go to one more because I think it's very important if you're a business person, if you're an entrepreneur, if you own a small business, if you run a company, if you're a leader, a CEO, this next archetype is very, very important too. And I'm going out of sequence because I want to get the most out of our time together. But let's talk about the navigator. The navigator is an individual that knows what to do. They know how to think. They know how to solve problems. And because they do, people trust them. They're a trustworthy person. People come to them when they want to solve problems. But guess what? If we are not in the greatness of our, of our navigator, we end up being the fixer who is arrogant. And I'll give you an example from life. You go home after a long day of work and your partner says, I had such a bad day. And what do you do? You become the fixer. You say to them, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. This is how you need to fix it. And the partner is looking at you and says, why don't you just listen? This is what they're yelling in their head. Mm -hmm. And if a leader does this at work, when someone on their team comes with a problem, a leader always knows the answer. Most of the time, they've done it before. They know what to do. If they don't navigate it with an open heart and an open mind, they, they will end up being the fixer and it will cost them in their greatness as a leader. That's how these gaps and greatness play out in each one of them. We can dive deeper how to leverage it, but I just wanted to give you how this, how this system works that we can be, let's say, the truth teller, right? The truth teller is an individual that no matter what, even in times of crisis, in times of viruses, you tell the truth even if the news is bad. Because if you don't, you become the deceiver. That's the gap, the deceiver that creates suspicion about your leadership. And when that happens, people lose trust. So we have to always ask ourselves, who do we need to be in this moment? Not how do we need to be in this moment, but who? That's why the archetypes are so important. Who do we need to be? And then show up as one of these archetypes of the greatness, because otherwise, I guarantee you, you're leading from your gaps. I, um, again, another synapse fried away a little bit. And I remember I was doing retreats, facilitating retreats years back. And I had a particular path that the participants would take, literally and figuratively. And as they were on this path, they had a tape recorder with them or whatever, their phone to record. And they had, at specific um, intervals, they had to answer the question, who are you now? 
and some of them were really ticked off and really angry because they didn't think that there was any difference from the time they started this process, which was probably an hour and a half, 90 minutes, and they completed the process. What do you mean, who am I now? I'm the same person I am when I began, which of course was, you know, the tr- their truth coming out, but others had real clear responses. Who are you now after you climbed the fence, rode the horse, swam the pool? You're different. And this who are you now is so important, I think. And, you know, that's who are you? Who are you? Right. And not so important. Not I think, but we know. We know. Because when you can tap into who you are now, you have a choice in the moment. Most people feel like things are out of control. But if you know the who, you have a choice to change it. But if you're not tapped into the who to the archetype, then you can't change it. What's the choice? Is that rhetorical? No, it's a statement. If oh, you can't, okay. If you, you can't figure out the who, then how do you change it? Like if you don't know your archetypes, if you don't know you, you're the re- you need to be the rebel, right? Then, or, it, you know, when the self-doubt comes in, you don't know that you're coming from the imposter. Well, if you have self-doubt and you have the imposter syndrome going on, you need to learn how to leverage that to become the rebel, to become the confident person in that moment. Yes. You have to sh- You have to know to be flexible and agile enough to shift the moments in order to become who you want to be. So how difficult is it for the people that you deal with? And do you deal with men and women? And is one group easier than the other? So my business, because I work at a very high level in Fortune 500 companies, as we know the statistics, what is is it, 75% are men? Um, at the moment I am trying, uh, an organization gave me to groom a woman, but they gave me five years. I said, I don't need, she doesn't need five years, but it's a five years that I have to make her into be the leader they want her to be. She's ready now, but they think that she needs more coaching. That's another story. But most of my uh, clients are, um, men. I do do passion projects that I work with women because I truly believe they're just as excited exceptional and excellent as men. Yeah, I do as well. Yet we have, I don't think much has changed in the last 30 years. People have jumped up and down in place and say, look, we've had change. She, she, she can now jump up and down uh, without getting hurt. And that's not true. You know, nothing not much true. has changed. But I, I also think that women are, are still, there's still this fear that women seem to have this reticence, this self-doubt, at least in my experience, that they have from taking over. The biggest difference that I have found when it comes to women, it's almost like they're asking for permission. Yes. And I say, why are you asking for permission? It's yours. Don't wait for somebody to say you're ready. I'm ready now. Show them that you're ready now. And so that's the biggest difference that I have found. Sometimes I'll be talking to one of the women that I coach and they'll be like, I'll wait for the right opportunity. Ah! I go, when is that going to be? The opportunity is now not tomorrow, today. And they're always like, I'll wait for the right time. I go, the right time is now. That's the biggest difference. Yes. This per- the permission issue is huge. You know, oh, I can't do it that way. It's not done that way. I'll try. I'll wait. I'll be patient. All of the excuses that come up, which takes away all of their power. They ha- they're left with nothing and they've done it themselves. So then you have more work that you have to do to help them get out of that hole. 
I don't think they, I don't think for them it's excuses in as much as it's a way of how they think about it. They, they think that it's not polite or it's disrespectful. And I say, do you think, and I'll give a guy's name, do you think he's going to wait? Do you think he's going to think it's disrespectful? If he has something to say, he'll say it. And so, so can you. And if you're worried about being disrespectful, think of a way of saying it in a positive way or think of saying it in a question. So nobody says, oh, she's so headstrong or say it in a way that invites people instead of alienates people. Mm -hmm. Invite them to the party. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we've got the archetypes. We've got the rebel and we've got the, where was the second? The second. I talked about the rebel and the navigator. The navigator. There's, there are many others that we can get into. I mean, we could dip into what to do when you find yourself being an imposter. We can dip into what to do when you find yourself being a fixer. Or we could dip into any of the other ones. Each one is just as powerful as the other. We can go anywhere you well, want. The journey think- is yours. Yes, I think the navigator, uh, which just came to my lips, is where, where I'd like to be for right now. Um, because I know the fixer disempowers everyone else whenever they take over. They like to control because of their own fears, and they, um, they just disempower someone else. And it, you can't, it's not right to do that. And I think the navigator, let's explore the navigator for a few minutes. Absolutely. What do, so think about the navigator. Then as we started to say, the navigator is very smart. They've done it before. They know what to do. Even if they don't know what to do, they figure it out. They learn. That's how they are. They like to navigate through things. They don't wait for someone to say, this is how you do it. They're the ones that want to figure it out. And they're usually look, you know, very respected individuals. You know, you look at leaders and you know the ones that you say, oh, if I have a question, I know who to, right? That's the navigator. Right. But most of us have a very hard time staying in the navigator mode because the navigator is constantly asking open-ended questions. How do you think you got there? Where do you think you need to go? Because they navigate. They don't tell you. They're They're helping you go through the process without telling you where to go. And that open-endedness, People think that it's a weakness, but actually it's expansive, it's flexible, it's smart. I always say if you're the smartest, if you act like the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room and nobody wants you to be there. And so the navigator's persona, the archetype of the navigator is constantly asking questions, is constantly curious, but it's very hard to stay in that archetype when you have all the answers, when you know what to do. All of us do it. It's not like he does it or she does it and I don't do it. Even I do it after coaching all these years. You know, I I always say to myself before a session, Lolly, only ask questions. But sometimes I get so heated. I'm like, I can't believe he did that. This is what you should do. And then I start to laugh and I go, fixer, fixer. This is what it sounds like. But the thing about the fixer is that we think we're doing a good deed but actually it's a gap because we come across as arrogant and people lose patience with us. They stop listening to us. They stop coming to us for advice. They stop asking us questions. And so it ends up costing you in respect, in trust, in leadership, and, you know, frankly, being successful. So we have to be very careful about how we come across, who we are in moments when we're communicating with others. 
I, th- I think the reason the word navigator came to my lips is that's pretty much the way I operate. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you hey, know. Staff hey, or the greatness part? Of course, the greatness part, please. <laughs> um, but there are times where I just want to say, why are you so stupid? Why don't you just do what I tell you to do? fixer comes in and I you know I don't do that I, I've kept that to the minimum but it's cost me 30 years of, of self-training to do that because <laughs> that's today on board call somebody one of the guys actually said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard this is what you should do and I sent him a text message fixer and he was very quiet <laughs> yeah it's yeah nobody wants to be told how to do something even though they think they want to be told how to do it they, nobody, that, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be told ever. No. Even the only time you actually tell somebody what to do is they, can you give me, you know, A to B what to do when they ask outright ask, but that's very rare that somebody says that they come and complain doesn't mean they want you to fix it. Correct. Correct. Okay. So we're dealing with all types of people who are listening and I'd appreciate it if you would give them one or two strategies that they could do right now for themselves if they are all of a sudden their mind, their synapses are are frying and bouncing about and they're thinking, oh, yes, where do I fit? What do I do? Do I have to take notes here again and see what kind of archetype I am or how I go into the gap and how I lose greatness? But I need something to do because everybody wants to do something. And what could you tell them to do? Right. So we're looking for the how. But this is what is very important to realize. You, okay. First, first, I'll finish. And if I still didn't answer your question, then please rephrase it. Okay? Got it. Okay. So we first have to know the model, right? We have to know the archetypes and we have to know which is our greatness, which we do when we're in our strength and what we do in our weakness. We have to be familiar with that because the how of all of this is, Let's say we're in a meeting or we have a meeting scheduled. The first thing I always tell my clients is ask yourself, who do you need to be? Who do you need to be in that meeting? And if you decide, you know, something needs to be said that hasn't been said, you need to be the truth teller, be the truth teller. If you find that, you know, there's information out there, but everybody's like dancing around it, then you need to be the hero and you need to have the courage to say what you need to say. You need to have that courageous conversation. So once you figure out who you need to be, you have to remember the value that this archetype brings and constantly ask yourself before you speak, am I being courageous in this moment? Am I being confident in this moment? Am I being the truth teller in this moment? Because if you're not, You're most likely, because you're nervous or stressed, you're going into the gap. So I think it's very important to be very mindful to prep yourself. You know, take the time a few minutes before any meeting or challenge or crisis to ask yourself, who do I need to be? Then you'll know how to do the how, the what, the when, and the where, because it gives you the framework. What is is courageous? What is truth-telling? What does it mean to be trusted? What does it mean to be confident? It gives you the framework of who you need to be in that meeting or in that conversation, and that really helps. Well, that's it then. That's, that's what you're, – you're correct. I did not frame the question properly because what they need to do, what anyone can do, is ask, who do I need to be in this situation, wherever they are, whatever it might be. Put the word situation in parentheses, at home with family, partner, um, out with other people, at the office, sitting in a boardroom. Who do I need to be now in order to be successful? 
Yes. Exactly. Couldn't yes. Have said it better. Who do I need to be now? That's a great question in any parts of life. It could be in a relationship. It could be with your spouse. It could be with your partner. It could be with, you know, somebody who's in college, somebody who's an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a CEO of a Fortune 500. That's why this model is so important. You could start this model at the ages, you know, in college. You could say, who do I need to be in this conversation, in this debate, in this whatever it is throughout life? The who is the most important then it will give you the framework of the how, the what, the when, and the where. And that's why this book is so different because every leadership book out there talks about the how, the what, the when, and even the why. How do you know your purpose if you don't know the who? That's it. How how do you know your purpose if you don't know the who? The who of who you are and who you need to be. Well, everybody, that's the leadership gap. What Gets Between You and Your Greatness by Lolly Daskal, available on her website, lollydaskal.com. It's also available on Amazon and other major bookstores. It's all over the place. And get it. You can get it from your library. Whatever you do, just get it and read it and follow her yellow brick road. That's lollydaskal.com. I am grateful that Lolly is here today. I'm Grateful that I stepped up and became my hero in that moment and invited Lolly to be a guest on my show because I had decided that day, who do I need to be without knowing what I was doing because I didn't say those words, but I wanted to elevate myself and elevate lots of things in my life. And Lolly Daskal appeared right before me on LinkedIn. So I will tell everybody who's listening, please re-listen to this podcast with either your computer on Word or Google Docs or on a yellow pad, which I prefer because I like the connection between hand, brain, and the paper. And then share this with people that you either work for, work with, or want to work for or work with. And also go to Apple and give Lolly the best review you can possibly get. Not that she needs it from us. She is you know, the most sought-after executive leadership coach in the world. I've just made that point. And what more can we ask for? Thank you, Lolly, for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Is there I am any- so grateful. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? I would like to leave everybody with a thought for today. Most of the time, people, when you talk about greatness, they always say, oh, you're talking about her or you're talking about him. And the truth is, each of us has a choice to choose our greatness. All we have to do is embrace it. You heard it. Embrace your greatness, people. You've got it. Thank you very much. Take care, audience. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sanity Project podcast. Please go to askjoannevictoria.com to listen to more podcasts. Check out Joanne's coaching programs and get a free copy of her report, Five Steps to Achieve Life-Work Harmony. That's askjoannevictoria.com. Take care and thanks for being here.